and I actually for the first time in years and years I was able to sit in the garden and and you know just sort of think about where we took things next and I think over the last sort of five ten years there have been a number of things that I wanted to sort of implement within the business that just didn't have time to do. Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Sally Newell on the show. Uh, good morning to you and welcome, Sally. Good morning. Um, you are the founder and owner of Simply Ice Cream. Uh, and prior to that, and I think you still do, you've run a catering business for over 20 years. Uh, and that was a bit of a springboard into you uh, getting into the ice cream business. Uh, in fact, it was feedback from customers from your homemade ice cream that led you to set up a business and focus on Simply Ice Cream and the successful premium brand where we are, where you are today. Uh, and today we're going to be exploring how you navigated the, the pandemic and probably continue to navigate that, uh, your leadership during that time and keeping your team motivated and inspired. But before we go into that conversation, I'm, I'm just really curious of um, what you love about what you do, Sally. Um, well, I think you know, food has always been a massive part of um, my life. My mother ran a catering business um, for years and I, I then joined her. Um, I trained as a chef um, and lived in Australia for six years um, as a chef. So I think, you know, sort of that that aspect of it um, is is what I love. Um, and, and just, I suppose, you know, sort of with the ice cream, what I've discovered is that, you know, the trade shows, the consumer shows, actually meeting the public and getting feedback is... Um, you know, it's a great feeling when someone comes up and says they love Simply Ice Cream. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, you're selling something particularly nice, though, aren't you? I mean, it, it's yeah. people love yeah. ice cream. And, and obviously, yeah. it's in the UK right now. It, it, it's the sun is shining and, and it's set to get in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. And so I'm sure you're going to be busy selling lots of ice cream, we hope. Yes. Yeah, we hope so. And the last the last sort of week, 10 days has been much busier. Because um, this year, actually, we haven't had a summer to date, really. Um, so it's quite nice to see the sun. Yes, but you don't want it too hot because if it goes too hot, people don't buy ice cream, do they? No, they don't. They stop eating. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny old thing. We're funny old things. I remember I used to sell soup in the winter. Okay. Obviously, it gets cold and then people buy a load of soup. So it's yeah. interesting what the temperature We did think be. about doing that as a winter alternative at one point. Um, <laughs> right. but, um, but actually, with the theatres and things, we actually keep going all year round now. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Um, so obviously it's probably been talked to death in some ways, the pandemic, because it has, but I, I'd like us to go back um, when it all happened for you just over two and a half years now. And A, what, what happened in, in, in your thinking? Uh, how did you manage and what were the first things that you did to try and navigate this completely unknown that was thrust upon us? I'd just be intrigued yeah. to and sort of, sort of that reflection of that really. Okay, well, I mean, we, we'd actually been able to Dubai um, that the week before everything shut down um, to see a manufacturer that we were, were hoping to work with over there. Um, got back on the 16th, and obviously that week it all kicked off. 
Um, and very quickly, we realized that we were going to lose probably, you know, at least half our customers, if not more. As it panned out, 70% of our customer base shut. Um, so I'd actually sat down with all the staff on the Thursday and um, we'd had a discussion. We'd worked out what we'd turned over that week and I, I'd worked out what we could afford to pay pay in staffing costs. Um, and they had all agreed um, really kindly to do 10 hours a week going forward. And we would just sort of run with it and see what happened. Um, so I sent them all home that Thursday, um, having agreed to come back in on the Monday. And obviously the, the furlough scheme was announced on the Sunday. So when they came into work on the Monday, I just said to them, look, guys, you know, you're far better off on the furlough scheme than 10 hours a week. So um, please go home and um, and I'll just keep in touch and, and see you you know, as this progresses. Um, luckily, I have four children um, who aren't really children anymore. They're young adults all at university or working. Um, and they all came home um, through the pandemic. And they've always worked with me. Um, they've all got their level two catering um, certificates. <laughs> so we literally just made what we needed to make throughout the pandemic um, as a family. So um, it actually worked you know, it worked for everybody because it meant that I could keep the business running. Um, people were on furlough. They then came back part work, part furlough um, when we could do that. Um, and obviously it was, you know, up and down the whole time. So, I mean, you know, they came back for two, three months and then had to go off again permanently. And so it was it was an interesting time. But we um, we did keep the whole thing running throughout, um, yeah. albeit with only 30 percent of our customer base. So. So did you lose 70% of your business then overnight? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think we've always thought we were quite clever in our spread across sort of retail hospitality, mm. you know, sort of seasonal venues and things. But when something like this happens, you realise that, you know, actually no one was untouched by this. Um, I think, you know, our retailers were the only ones that remained open. Um, but everything from sort of cafes to parlours to entertainment to cinemas to theatres, um, you know everything just closed so it was an interesting time yeah and obviously a lot of probably personal emotion and obviously a lot of emotion in your team that work with you how yeah. did you how did you manage that how did you sort of deal with that from your own perspective um, but also other people's yeah I mean I think um you know we had a whatsapp group where um we sort of kept in contact and I every month I contacted them just to see how they were doing one-on-one -on -one. Um, I think we are, you know, we're quite a small team and a lot of them have worked for me for a number of years, um, mainly mainly mums because we, we've always sort of worked around school hours and, and mainly very local to us. So, you know, sort of albeit we couldn't see each other, um, you know, so we did keep in contact um, via that. I think, you know, the pandemic definitely changed mentality. Um, I think, you know, some of them having been on furlough, didn't then want to come back permanently. Um, and so what we've now had to do is actually we reassess very quickly um, and we're actually doing two shift patterns. So we have two production managers now um, and some of them are doing 16 hours a week. Um, so we can sort of jiggle it, but, mm. but it has been quite interesting because it has changed the way that people think and the way that people work, I think, permanently. I don't think anyone's going to go back to where we were before. Um, so it's... Yes, it's been interesting. I'm sure it has. And at that point when you were putting people on furlough and your kids came back from university to help you, and you lost 70% of your sales. Um, 
did you look out into the future and think this is really bad or did you think okay how can i reassess how can i build this back how can i do things differently what went on to try and and also to get you away from that survival mindset possibly at the start into a thriving what what did you do what what were the sort of um approaches you did to to help yourself um well i think initially it was very surreal the whole thing was very surreal um it was actually quite nice though because we i suppose you know when i think about you know sort of i've always run at least two or three businesses at a time so i've always sort of been going at 110 miles an hour so actually to have that time especially those first three months where you know we couldn't even go anywhere so you know, mm. so everything was quiet and, and you know, everything was shut down. So we sort of did two days um, in the ice cream. And, and I actually, for the first time in years and years, I was able to sit in the garden and, and you know, just sort of think about where we took things next. And I think over the last sort of five, ten years, there have been a number of things that I wanted to sort of implement within the business that just didn't have time to do. So, so what the pandemic did allow me to do was we, we set up a franchise distribution. Um, we now have a Suffolk franchisee who um, distributes to outlets and does mm-hmm. trade shows and consumer shows within Suffolk. Um, and that model we're hoping to replicate across the country. So um, that was the first thing. We also launched the vegan range within lockdown, um, which, we again, we've been planning but just hadn't had time to do. Um, and we also um, prepped and recently launched a dog ice cream um so you know there were sort of lots of things the middle east thing is something that i've been working on for a while but i was i had time to actually put Mm. these things down on paper and and actually start to implement them so in a lot of ways that was very positive um Mm. from the pandemic albeit you know the whole thing was was pretty devastating across the board for a lot of people um Mm. i think you know i just for me, I had that time to actually work on the business again, which I think, you know, for most people within a business environment, you know, your day-to-day running takes over your life. So in a way, it was quite nice. Um, not that I'd wish it again, but, um, you know, it no. was quite nice to have that time. It's interesting because I think a lot of people, and I, I do a lot of businesses, had that moment where they were forced to not think, but forced to sort of stop and that created that thinking opportunity and that time to reflect. And a lot of business owners started to think like yourself differently about things, or had finally a chance to go to reassess their business. And um, which is interesting, actually, that, that, that and that's obviously a positive that came out of it. Um, yeah. How did you then, you know, because there's still, and in some ways still probably is now, because we're in challenging economic sort of uh, challenges right now versus what we had before. How did you deal with the uncertainty with your team? How did you keep them, I suppose, inspired in a context? Some of them were furloughed, coming back, a bit of remotes, not always there, sales dripping in, coming, all sorts of stuff going on. How did you keep your team motivated and inspired? I think, you know, for a lot of them, they really, you know, so I mean, that I've known them personally quite a long time they're very loyal they're amazing um as staff and I think you know a lot of them were really ready to come back I think you know sort of for many of them it was just you know we need to get back to work we need to do something different um Mm. I think I mean there were a couple of staff um one when the first furlough scheme finished um she actually she left quite quickly afterwards but I think you know her rationale was you know I've survived the last year with very little um albeit 
there was nowhere to spend it um you know and and she reassessed her life and just didn't want to work anymore um and then um I had one other at the end of the September who um she decided that you know she was going to sort of do something different um and I think that that thought process was there for a lot of them um Mm. but you know sort of I think you know the ones that are still here um have been very loyal for years um and I think they like the flexibility of the business I mean I've always been tried to be quite flexible with with the hours they do Mm. um you know, just because a lot of them are mums and we, and we need that flexibility in our lives. You know, if, if a child's sick, you mm. want to be there. Um, so, you know, sort of, I think that has sort of instilled a certain loyalty, um, mm. which is invaluable, really. Mm. And and just just on reflection, did, did you sort of change your style of leadership in the last two years or did it stay the same or did certain things come out that you didn't realise you had in you um I don't think so I think I think um you know sort of I think as as business owners we've had to be more sort of um empathetic to everything that's happening because I think a lot of people have suffered massively with mental health Mm. over this whole issue um and certainly I know you know amongst my my children's friends and things it's had a massive impact so I think from that point of view, we've we've had to be more understanding of of um, mm. issues they might be having, problems they have at home. Um, but I think generally, I suppose. I mean, the other thing that um, sadly I had to do, I had a general manager, which um, we just couldn't afford through the whole thing. Um, and so I've actually, you know, I have taken a step backwards in my business um, in terms of, you know, I'm back probably five ten years where I'm doing everything again um but that's also in a very positive way you know allowed me to see the business again in every Mm. aspect and and just to sort of um I suppose hone it um so that we're not in in a place where there is potential for it all to sort of fall down um Mm. so you know I think I think this whole thing, you know, sort of as negative as it was, um, I think, you know, you have to look for the positives in it. Um, and and I think it's probably allowed me to to know my staff better again. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's a, and – it, and it's good to look for the silver linings in, in difficult times because I think that's where we – A, keeps us motivated, but also uh, we gain some learnings from that. And the fact that I've noticed a lot of CEOs, business owners have – got a lot more empathetic with uh, their style of leadership. Uh, the fact that perhaps they were doing lots of calling people from home and seeing their kids in the background, see where they lived. There's a lot more life became more, I suppose, personal and home life and, and work life came all integrated into one in some sense. Yeah. Um, I think that empathy thing really did sort of dial up, uh, which was, I think, a good thing positively going forward um, in terms of making people a bit more aware of, people's needs and what's happening uh, for uh, within their business yeah. if you went back again knowing what you know now and knowing your your learnings and what you saw would you do anything differently when it all happened something you think actually I, I would have done that differently or I've learned this um I think I mean the other thing we did in lockdown was set up a, um, an e-commerce platform um I think in retrospect we would have done that a lot quicker um right. I think you know sort of 
I think all of us were caught slightly um, unaware by the the sort of need for, you know, the sort of online selling. Um, And I know um, a friend of mine who does fudge, I mean, her online sales went through the roof, but that kept her business going. And and I think, you know, so in retrospect, that's probably the only thing that I would try and get sorted sooner than we actually Mm. did, um, because, you know, we now can ship anywhere in the UK through this fulfillment centre. And and I think, you know, it is gaining traction now. But if we had done it from the start of the pandemic or, you know, so within mm. three months, um, we would have probably sold a lot of ice cream online. Um, yeah. So that's probably the only thing. But as far as as far as everything else, I, I don't think um, I don't think anything else would I would change. Um I think, you know, it was such an odd time that we just had to run with it. And I think, mm. I mean, you know, business, irrespective, um, I think, you know, when Brexit happened, we were in the same sort of situation. Mm. This unknown precedent wasn't sure what was going to happen next. Um, and I think, you know, you just have to to go with it um, as it happens and do the best you can and, mm. and try and navigate you know, really choppy waters. And, and that's what we've done through Brexit and now the pandemic and obviously now the, the war in Ukraine and and the sort of fuel crisis and, and food costs rising. It's, you know, it doesn't seem to stop at the moment. It does feel like we're on a roller coaster. Yeah. Yes. And how, how do you deal with that? Because obviously it has been almost like it was the, the pandemic initially was almost like an acute thing. Then it became chronic. And yeah. as you say, you've gone from Brexit, pandemic, Ukraine war, food prices, energy prices, and I'm not being doomsday here, but that, there's some pretty t- tough challenges out there right now. Yeah. How are you facing that? What do you do? A, how are you facing it mentally? It'd be interesting how you mentally sort of processing that and keeping yourself, because you seem quite sort of grounded and quite cheery and sort of quite smiling <laughs> still. Times. Yeah, <laughs> no. um, I have to say that we've, we've also had the site move, um, which that has been really challenging. I think, I think, you know, you just have to let things roll over you to a certain extent, because if you, you know, if you think too hard about everything that's going on, I think, you know, we would all have a breakdown. Um, I think, you know, there is so much going on in the world at the moment that, but we have no control over it. So I think mm. we just have to to run with what we know, do the best we can and hope we come out the other side. Um, mm. I think, you know, the, the rising costs are extraordinary. I don't think you know, we haven't seen anything like this for years and years. Um, and for us personally, you know, things like our dairy prices, I mean, it's its almost doubled. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that over the next year to 18 months, things will calm down. I think in 2008, um, when we had the recession, what we did find was that I think hospitality suffered massively and I you know I feel really sorry for them because they have been through a really tough couple of years and Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to get much better for them for at least another two um because I think you know when people really feel the pinch they won't be going out um but they will be entertaining at home probably um and I think for us that's where we we actually saw traction in 2008 because people were buying Mm -hmm. a treat to have at home Mm -hmm. so you know I'm not overly concerned at the moment um that might come back to bite me in a year's time but um you know I think I think you know sort of we're constantly trying to evolve and and things like the dog ice cream launch has been really successful um we've actually only launched it within our own retailers at the moment we haven't put it out to you know to sort of pet shop owners and that sort of thing which we're Mm. we're going to do in the next month um so I think we can potentially generate 
um, some revenue from that, albeit there's probably quite a short season for that. Um, but I think we just have to keep moving forward and, and sort of um, not reinventing the wheel, but certainly looking to add mm. um, to what we do. Mm. So how do you deal with a, a doubling of the price in dairy? I mean, that, that's a significant because you, you sell ice cream that's predominantly dairy. I mean, I, I yeah. don't know what percentage yeah. of it is. It's um, lots well, it's 50% double cream, and our cream has gone up from 565 to 968 so I mean, I guess you can't just double the price of the product, is that? No, no, we had a, we had a very small you, increase. So how do you um, work that through? That a because obviously, and obviously prices have been going up everywhere, uh, but you, people have to do that because a they've got to pay the cost of things, and and you've got to be sustainable because if you don't put things up, you'll go out of business because yeah. you're not making any money. So how are you managing that? That's interesting to understand. Um, well, we, I mean, we're actually quite good with our management accounts, our monthly management accounts. We have meetings. We sort of talk it through. I think um, we had a small price increase in January. Um, I think we are probably going to have to have another one fairly soon. Um, I think, you know, just, I mean, fuel costs, you know, I mean, he feels bad up. It's £135. It's, you know, it's crazy. Um, mm. You know, and that is, that's almost double. Um, so I think, you know, sort of, as I said earlier, I think, you know, we just need to run with this for the moment, hoping that things will stabilise in the next few months um, and we'll see a slight decrease. Having said that, um, when the vanilla crops failed, you know, sort of opposite six, seven years ago, vanilla overnight went, it was the most expensive thing you could buy. Um, and it's never really come back down. Um, you know, it probably came down about 20%, but it's never really come back to what it was mm. um, pre that, that disaster where all the crops failed. So I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, sort of just how quickly things start to come down. Because mm. um, I think once they're up there, it's it's very hard mm. for people, for the, if, you know, they are making that sort of profit um, in the retail industry to, to then lose it again. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, hopefully, you know, there will be people who come along and say, no, we're not we're not prepared to pay these prices. Um, mm. I'm, I'm hoping as well that, you know, actually through the pandemic, what was really interesting with the retailers, especially our farm shops and, and independents, you know, so those first three months when the supermarkets weren't organised, didn't have stuff on the shelves, mm. everyone went to the farm shops and independents um, and found them. A lot of people didn't even know they existed. Mm. Um, and because it was such a, a sort of, you know, 12 to 16 week period, we really hoped that that would become a habit. Um, I think you know, it, it has helped a little bit, but not to the extent we'd hoped. Um, mm. And I do think our reliance on overseas products, um, you know, had got, you know, sort of, we'd just gone overboard with that. There are so many amazing producers within the UK um, mm. that, you know, we just need to start buying British again. So yeah. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of that as well. Yeah, because I think a lot of people started to go more local, didn't they? That's what pandemic made it everything sort of more a, a local environment and started to support their local communities, uh, which I think was, whether it will continue or has continued, I don't know. But um, it would be good and healthy, I think, more sustainable in that way for small shops uh, to be done that way. When you look back and, well, you just talked about, lots of innovations lots of things you've done in the last two years which was as a result of you being forced to stop and think what is that is that 
sort of teach taught you to do more of that i've just been intrigued uh, do you put more time in to think um i think <laughs> to be honest yeah as as we've sort of come back out of the pandemic and and back into you know normal um day-to-day life um no i think we're we're probably just going to get caught up in that hamster wheel again and and you know that thought process and and that ability to have the time to to innovate is probably going to go by the wayside to a large extent. Um, I think you know hopefully you know as we come out of it and and things sort of come back to some kind mm. of normal, um, you know we will be able to to grow and and then I can get a new general manager and and mm. hopefully have that time again to sort of work on new business and and innovation again, but. I think at the moment we just I think we're probably going to sort of tread water for a couple of years and just keep it steady and and just you know hopefully get through this next bit of of um mm. water yeah yes indeed. but yes obviously you did you know responded really well in the pandemic it sounded like that you know you looked after your staff and you know innovated what created an e-commerce site launched a vegan range launched a dog range and what else have i missed have i missed stuff um yeah, the franchise franchise i mean yeah it's huge things i mean massive and yeah. different and move site gen- i think the, the site move was just yeah yeah that's been so that's incredible but i suppose it's a thought that actually yeah sometimes taking some time out can really create that space isn't it but as you say you you're all hands to the pump at the moment because of your what you're doing and so just generally what's your view on the future in terms of um how, how do you view the future with with your business um well i think i mean the site move is probably from a, a sort of um personal point of view we, we've operated from a home setting um for the last sort of 12 years um and to actually have a site that we actually can distance ourselves from our home life is, is quite nice mm. we've never had that before um the home site looks like a, a commercial site now so um, we're in the process of, um, of turning all our outbuildings and things into Airbnbs. So um, the catering will go at some point um, and the Airbnbs will be um, what we do um, from there. But I think, you know, sort of just to have that divide is, is actually, um, mm. it's quite nice. We've never had that before. Brilliant stuff. Uh, well, thank you for coming on, Sally. If um, people are interested in, a connecting with you but also want to get your delicious ice cream uh, how might they do that um well we supply across the southeast into farm shops and delis um waitrose co-op and morrison's um but if they are further than the southeast so that's sort of essex suffolk because obviously we have the franchise there um london surrey sussex and kent um we can do it online so they can go onto the website and order um six pots online um for anywhere in the uk okay and what's your website address um it's www.simplyicecream.co.uk brilliant well it's been great talking to you today and hearing about your inspiration of what you've done the last two years and how you've managed navigated the challenges and continue to navigate that which i'm sure you continue to be successful so i do appreciate your time today Sally. thank you thank you Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. 
If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Mm -hmm.